0: Good morning. Good morning to this small, intimate group we have here today. Oh, church family, we have a lot of folks that are sick. I'm sure you're well aware, but take a look around and just do a mental inventory of who you're not seeing today. They may trickle in here in a few minutes, but as we go throughout the service, take a mental inventory of who's missing and let them know you miss them because we got a lot of people that are out sick Um, And so we just want to hold them closely in our prayers and let them know that they were truly missed today. So to all of you at home that are joining online, welcome. We're glad that you're here. You are missed. You are loved. um, And we are still going to worship the Lord together this morning. Amen? Amen. I want to uh, prepare for us, prepare our hearts and minds for worship. And I want to do that by reading to you this call to worship found in Psalm 73. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward, you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Church, it is a beautiful thing in these trying days to be able to truly declare and mean it in our heart that everything around us, around us seems to fall apart and fail before our very eyes. But, but the God who is our strength and our portion, he will never fail. He is always with us, and we press on. Amen? Amen. Would you pray with me? Holy God, we thank you for your steadfastness. God, we thank you for your strength that keeps us going when the days are long and when the weeks are trying. God, we recognize this morning that many of us around us, many around us are dealing with with sickness and stress, but God, we also pause this morning and we rejoice. We rejoice in God, our strength, God, you are with us on the hard, long days. You are with us on the joyous days. God, we recognize our overwhelming need for you this morning to sustain us, to continue walking before us and beside us and behind us. So God, we praise you this morning with these songs, with our lips, with our hearts and our minds. We praise you. God, we thank you for your goodness that that meets us each and every morning. God, we lift your name high, and we pray that you would be here with us this morning. God, would you make your presence known in our midst? Would you move in our hearts in such a way that we can't deny? Be with those, Lord, who are at home this morning. God, I pray that you would meet them in a special, real way. Help them to know that you are with them and that you are holding them closely during this trying time. And Lord, we love you, and we pray all of this in the mighty name of Jesus, and all God's people said, amen. Let's worship together. One,
1: two, one, two, three, four. Please stand and sing with us this morning. In my wrestling and in my doubts, in my failures you won't walk we And lead me in your love to those around me Jesus, the name above every other name Jesus, the only one who could ever save Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you we live for you holy there is no one
0: I hope that's the cry of all of our hearts this morning that we would say to the Lord, here am I, you can have every part of me. So as we continue to contemplate and, and express that in our hearts to the Lord, I just wanna invite you to a time of prayer. Let this be a time of prayer and reflection. I encourage you to let this be a time where you can just be still before the Lord and try to hear what it is that he wants to speak to your heart this morning. God, we thank you once again just for the overwhelming love that you make available to us. God, we thank you for your steadfast love that never fails even when we fail so often. God, we can all acknowledge in this room, those that are in our midst, God, we can acknowledge that we are broken. We are broken, we are flawed, we are hurting, we are weary. And yet, God, you meet us in the state that we find ourselves in, and you still offer yourself to us. You give more of yourself to us as we need it, God, and for that we are so thankful. We are so thankful for your mercies and your love and your strength that is new every day, God, I thank you this morning for your promise in scripture, for all of, those, for all of us who are, are feeling weak and weary this morning. God, we are reminded that you invite us to come to you in our weakness, in our overwhelming state. God, you invite us to come to you so that you can carry that burden for us. And in your presence, we find peace. We find true rest. We find strength. God, I'm thankful that when I come to you in my weariness that I find the will to keep pressing on. Each day, and I thank you, God, for your strength that is never failing. God, we all need that strength today. Lord, I pray that you would meet us in this place, and would you just give us that strength? Lord, I thank you that in places like this, all around the world, that there are people that are gathering in the name of Jesus. God, we are thankful for this place where we can come, where we can worship together, where we can open up scripture together, where we can even leave this place and still have one another. God, I am thankful for the body of Christ. It's a beautiful gift that you have given to us And God, with your strength that sustains your body, the body of Christ is also something that keeps us going. It's a gift. Lord, let us not neglect this gift. Let us draw in. Let us plug in to the body of Christ that is a gift to the world. It's a gift to us. Lord, would you continue to strengthen this body, this community, this congregation? God, would you continue to guide us, lead us in this new year as we are only wanting to seek your will and your way? Would you give us direction? Would you give us discernment? God, would you give us passion? Would you ignite within us a fresh and new passion for you and for the work that you have called us to? And Lord, in the midst of of all the sickness, we just call upon you for healing in Jesus' name. We call upon you, Lord, touch those who are sick. We pray for healing for them this morning, God. We know you are able. And we thank you, Lord, for your healing touch that you give to us. We thank you, God, for the rest. Lord, as we open up your word, I pray that you would speak a new word to us. God, I pray that you would make this word come alive in a way that is so meaningful and in a way that ignites that passion that we so desperately need and long for. God, we thank you for your guidance and your direction that you give us and that you will continue to give us. Lord, we thank you once again for your love and your faithfulness. You are good. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus, who hears us and sees us. Amen. Amen. All right, well, I'm going to invite you to stand once more this morning as we open up the word. Reading this morning from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. This is what the word of the Lord says. joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. This is the word of the Lord this morning. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let me start off by asking you this question this morning and go ahead and share by a raise of hands, by by showing your hands, how many of you uh, growing up had on your doorframe or on the wall markings of how you grew each year? Anybody? Okay, we have a few. I love that. We have a few. I was hopeful that we would have some. Um, I didn't grow up having this, but I have seen it before. And sometimes it's on the doorframe. Sometimes it's somewhere on the wall. But they've also come out with other tools that you can kind of hang up and put up in your home and where you can mark your children's growth through the years. And every time I see this, I just think it's so amazing. I just kind of stand there, and, and I'm looking at these markings that start off so tiny and little. And then you can just see how we've grown over the years how this child has grown, and and it's especially remarkable if they started this at a young age and are able to continue it on until that person becomes an adult. And if you think about it, what you're standing there celebrating is growth, because growth is a good thing, right? Growth is, is a great thing, and we look for that growth, and we celebrate that growth when it happens. I remember as a parent, I mean, I'm still celebrating the growth. that's happening in different ways now, but, but when they were little, when my kids were little, we would just celebrate and cheer as they were learning how to walk and, and toddle around because that's a, a growth that's happening, and we celebrate that growth. We rejoice because of that growth and as parents and as people if that growth isn't happening there's cause for concern right we can celebrate that growth or we notice that growth isn't happening and if growth isn't happening then that is cause for concern because growth is important growth is crucial Growth is absolutely necessary for a thriving life. And when that growth isn't happening, then action is needed. Do you ever wish that we, Christians, had a way to just stand back and look at how we are growing spiritually like, do you ever wish that we had a way where we could look at the door, the, the markings on the doorframe and just evaluate how we've grown spiritually? Wouldn't that be really great if it was just right in front of you and you could see? Maybe for some of you, you have tools like that. You've got a journal that you can look back on and see how you've grown and progressed, but we're not all journalers. And so for some of us, we would just like a mental image or, or something in front of us that can show us how we've grown. Or perhaps for some, how we're not growing. Wouldn't that be easy if we just had something to look at? And so that leads us to this very important question this morning. How can we know we are growing in spiritual maturity? How can we know for sure? And there's probably obvious answers out there, and you can probably think of some. Some probably come to mind right now, but, but how can we really, truly know that we are growing spiritually as believers. Because listen, this is important. You and I, if we call ourselves Christian, we bear the name of Christ. And that means that there should be a distinct change in our lives that takes place when we bear the name Christ. That everything we do, everything we think, everything we say should reflect that name that we bear as Christians as Christians, growth should be happening. It's crucial. It's essential. It's absolutely necessary that you and I, Christians, grow spiritually, that we grow and mature. And in this passage that we just looked at, Paul underlines all of these things, doesn't he? Paul tells us pretty point-blank that we should be growing that we should be maturing Paul mentions things like equipping we ought to be equipped we ought to be built up we ought to be in unity we ought to be growing and and maturing Paul talks about the importance listen the importance of not staying in the stages of infancy if our children stayed in the stages of infancy, that would be a huge problem, right? That's a huge cause for concern. And in the same way, Paul says, listen, Christians, church, you shouldn't stay in this stage of infancy. You ought to be growing. You ought to be maturing. You ought to be changing. You ought to be looking more like Christ. So how do we determine then? Church, how do we determine if we are spiritual infants whose growth is stunted or if we are indeed growing and maturing as we should be? Well, it's my hope that over the next eight weeks, we're going to answer these questions. Over the next eight weeks, we're going to be in a series called Organic Disciples, and in this series, we're going to talk about what it looks like to be growing and maturing as Christians. What are some things, some markers in our lives that show and reveal just how much we are growing and maturing, or maybe reveal to us ways in which we need to work on and continue to grow and mature? And today we're going to kind of spend the the majority of the time answering these three big questions. We're going to call them three epic questions because they're just that important. You don't just attach the word epic to anything. And so just know, I don't use that word lightly, that these are three epic, super important questions that we need to ask before we can move forward in the series. We're going to be laying some groundwork today. And I'm just going to tell you that I'm breaking my rules when it comes to preaching and sermon preparation. I've packed a lot into this sermon today, and I trust that you can keep up. I trust that you're going to be able to to go at my pace, but just know I don't always enjoy packing so much in one sermon, and somewhere Bo Cotton is like already shaking his head because he lets me know you did way too much in one day, babe. That was, you should have broken that down. Well, just know it's coming, okay? But it's just a one-time thing. We're just going to do it every once in a while. But today we're going to lay some groundwork. We're going to ask these three epic questions that will hopefully remind us what this journey means for us and how we can get to a healthy, thriving, and mature place as individuals, but also as this body that Paul talks about. So the first epic question kind of has already been asked, but we're going to officially ask it once more. How can I know that I am growing as a disciple? Maybe this morning that kind of prompts you to ask yourself, okay, well how can I know? How can I kind of look at my life right here, right where I am, and how can I determine whether I'm spiritually mature or spiritually immature? In other words, what makes me spiritually mature and what might make me spiritually immature? And I just have to tell you right off the bat. If you think thing, if you think things like church attendance and knowing Bible scriptures, having them memorized, and giving financially. If you think these are the only markers of spiritual maturity, then we have a lot to learn, right? Because these things are great, they are important, they are encouraged. But these are not the only things that mark us as spiritually mature, there has to be something deeper. And so one way that we're going to answer this question, how can I know if I'm growing as a disciple, is, is by acknowledging that it starts with the heart. Right here, right now, you have to acknowledge that it starts in your heart. This is where it all begins. So, so what's the state of your heart? And also, does the Holy Spirit have a place in it? Does the Holy Spirit have a place and room in your heart as you grow and mature as a Christian? Because if the Holy Spirit does indeed have a place in your heart, if the answer to that question is yes, then where are the fruits? Where are the fruits in your life that show just how much room the Holy Spirit has in your heart? Paul talks about this in Galatians chapter 5, right? You know this. You can probably sing it. (laughs) You can probably sing it frontwards and backwards. You know this. Paul says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against all or such things, there is no law. So in other words, if we're developing practices like Bible study, giving, serving, praying, and worshiping, these are great things. But if there's no change that takes place in our heart first and foremost— then we can kind of compare ourselves to the Pharisees because that's what happened with them, right? They did all the things, they checked all the boxes, but Jesus pointed out time and time again, yes, you follow the letters of the law, but your hearts are full of pride and self-arrogance and there is no room for me in your heart. And because there was no room for Jesus in their heart, they crucified him, right? That's what happens when there's no room. You decide who is Lord and who isn't. And so first and foremost, we have to acknowledge that it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we are going to grow and mature. You have to know that first and foremost. If the Holy Spirit doesn't have room in your heart, then you're gonna stay a spiritually immature Christian. And if the Holy Spirit's in your heart, and if he is moving and has space to move in your heart, then we are going to continue to grow, look, speak, Think, feel, and live more like Jesus. So how is the Holy Spirit moving in your heart? Is he leading the way in love, in joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control? Are these qualities and characteristics that describe you? That's what we have to acknowledge first and and foremost. Make room for the Holy Spirit. Allow him to cultivate within us the fruits of his Spirit. So then after that, after you've acknowledged it starts right here with your heart, then there are several markers that can greatly assist and help us in our spiritual growth. These are things that ought to be a regular part of our everyday life. Some of these, many of these will be everyday things, others will just be regular occurrences, and you'll see what I mean. But here's seven markers Uh, that we can identify in our lives that are helping us grow spiritually. These are things like Bible engagement, passionate prayer, wholehearted worship, humble service, joyful generosity, constant community, and organic outreach. These are seven markers that are going to overall reveal where we're at spiritually. And it's going to reveal whether we're spiritually mature or immature. And if you think, wow, that's a lot, and are we seriously going to talk about all seven of those today? The answer is no, okay? (laughs) You're welcome. We're not talking about all those seven things today. So actually, the next seven weeks is going to be breaking down each of those markers. So don't fret, okay? We're going to spend a lot of time talking about those things. But but along with making room for the Holy Spirit in your heart, there are these markers that we can use to determine whether or not we are actually growing as disciples. So to kind of sum up that first question, we know that we're growing in our journey of faith in Jesus when we are tending to these seven markers of spiritual growth, which we're going to cover later, but more importantly, letting the fruit of the Spirit guide us in this journey. Amen? Amen. Epic question number two, is discipleship really more than just my personal relationship with Jesus? Are you saying, pastor, that there's more to this journey than just me and my personal relationship with Jesus? And you know me, we've been together for almost a year now so you already know what I'm gonna say, right? (laughs) You already know, the words already come to your mind, that word that we are just never gonna stop hearing about. I would answer you that if you're traveling alone, if you're doing this whole Christian walk, this journey alone, then you are not living the journey that Jesus has planned for you. You are not walking on this journey that Jesus has planned for you because if you look at the Gospels, if you look at the life of Jesus You see that Jesus spent a lot of time with people. Don't get me wrong. He spent time alone with the Father. He got up at whatever time was necessary. I I fully expect that Jesus had a lot of sleepless nights because Jesus made time to get alone with his Father. That's number one, right? He made room in his heart for the Father. But Jesus spent all his other time with people. Jesus traveled with people. He surrounded himself with crowds of people. Jesus spent a significant amount of time with the 12 disciples and an even more amount of time with the three that were closest to him. Peter, James, and John, we know this, right? It is no secret that community is God's design for us. There's that word, community. That is God's design for us. We grow spiritually when we are in relationship with other believers. It's crucial, it's essential, it's necessary. Jesus knew, he's so smart that Jesus, he knew that we were gonna need people in our lives who are further along than we are, people who know more than we do about the word and about God, people who are are spiritually mature that can take our hand and guide us along. Jesus knew that that we would have people in our lives that it was needed to have people in our lives who could model what it looks like like to walk with Jesus through the good and joyous times, but also through the hard and trying times. In discipleship, we're going to talk a lot about discipleship over the next eight weeks. And in discipleship, we find support and accountability. And I'm here to tell you, you need both. You need both you need support and accountability if you are truly going to grow and mature as a, as a follower of Jesus. And I'm not talking about just sitting in Sunday school and listening to the lesson that someone has carefully prepared. This is good. We're not knocking Sunday school. Please come to Sunday school, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a relationship in which both or all people are active participants, where we're sharing things like, how's God moving in your life this week? What have you seen God do in your life this week? Or what is it that you're struggling this week? What are some temptations that you have faced, and how did you respond to them? And what do you think God is saying to you this week? Uh, Did you have any opportunities to minister to people this week? Because, spoiler alert, we're supposed to minister to people all the time, right? Did you have any opportunities to do that? How did you make yourself available this week? (coughs) Excuse me. This is what a discipleship relationship looks like, support and accountability, and we need both. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, hang with me. 2 Timothy chapter 2, we see a great illustration of what this looks like. We see this beautiful example of what this looks like. And so we've got Paul speaking to Timothy. And this is what Paul says to Timothy He says, You've heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now, Tim, teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will then pass them on to others. That's discipleship. Right? That's discipleship. And in this passage, we have an example of what you could call four generations of disciples. I know this is a lot. You don't have to write all this down. Just hang with me. In this this passage, we have an example of of what you could call four generations of disciples. You have Paul, who is more, he's spiritually mature, more so than Timothy. And Paul has got his hand extended towards Timothy, and he's pulling him along. He's guiding him along. That's number one, right? Then you have Timothy who is taking the hand of Paul, he's following Paul, but he's also taking accountability for his own spiritual growth, right? Timothy is not relying on Paul to do everything. Timothy recognizes I got to own some of this too, and so I've got to nurture my relationship with Jesus. And so you've got Timothy holding hands with Paul, but Timothy extends his hand to help others who are less Uh, mature than he is, who are not as far along as he is, and he's pulling them along, and then those people do the same thing, and this happens over and over and over again from generation to generation until Jesus comes back. That's the plan. That's what we are supposed to be doing, and I would argue that's pretty much all we're supposed to be doing, okay? Can I get dramatic for a second? (laughs) That's all. That's it. That is what is important. That's what we ought to be doing, We all need this. And listen, I know there's probably some of you out there, because I have these people in my life. And sometimes I'm like this, where you just don't think you need this. You just think, no, I'm really fine. You don't understand. I'm really good at nurturing my own relationship with God, and I just don't need that. Maybe some people do, but I don't. I promise you, you do. You all need this. We all need this. We need someone who takes us by the hand and helps us grow. We all need someone who we talk with regularly, not like once a year, not once a month, but regularly, ideally on a weekly or multi-weekly basis. Someone who, who supports us and holds us accountable as pastors, Hello, I need this. I don't get by without this. I couldn't do what I'm doing without this. I need this. For for those of us who are pastors, those of us who are leaders, those of us who are spouses, those of us who are mothers and fathers, congregants, neighbors, we all need this. And I also want to tell you that if you don't have this, you can find it really easily. Start with the people in this room. And we've got about, you know, twice as many that aren't here. Or, you know, we're, we're only halfway full this morning. So there's even more that are not here. You have this available to you. None of, I can't come alongside you and, and make sure that you're doing this every day. That's where your own personal accountability comes in. You have to make sure that you are reaching out to people. If you want this, you can have this. You just have to make it happen. But this is the biblical picture of what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. One hand with someone that's guiding us, helping us along, and another hand that's guiding and helping someone else along. So yes, discipleship is so much bigger than just you and Jesus. Can you just imagine for a moment? I don't want to rush past things like this. Can you just imagine for a moment if every Christian in the world took this call seriously? That's humbling. That should overwhelm us that so many of us don't take this seriously. We show up to church. We do our duty. I'm guilty of it sometimes too. And we think, I've done it. I went to Sunday school. I'll check. I sat in the sermon and I stayed awake the whole time. Check. I talked to somebody from church last month. They're fine, I think. Check. What would it look like if every Christian embraced this call? Finally, we have the third epic question. What exactly is the relationship between discipleship and mission? In other words, there's a lot of churches, a lot of pastors, a lot of leaders, a lot of church thinkers who really put a lot of emphasis on things like discipleship. And it's discipleship, discipleship, discipleship. Everything we do revolves around discipleship and that's great. And then you've got other churches who who really focus on mission, or they might call it evangelism, right? Mission, that's our focus, and everything we do revolves around mission. Are we going? Are we doing? Are we seeking? And I'm here to tell you today that discipleship and mission are not enemies. They are not competing against one another for attention. Discipleship and mission, I'll tell you, they're not even friends, They're not just friends who who occasionally go out for a cup of coffee together. But discipleship and mission are more like marriage partners. They're inseparable. When you have one, you have the other. And in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, another one, it's a Sunday school verse, you know it so well, Jesus lifted up both discipleship and mission in this passage, and he clarifies their connection, right? He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, mission, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey there's that discipleship, teaching them to obey. You know what I mean when I do this? It's not just like a thing I'm doing. <laughs> it's not just a move. Hopefully you remember the hand thing. That's what that is about. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, back to the beginning, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Discipleship and mission are bound together in the heart of God, they're inseparable. Because you see, if we are growing spiritually, if we are being discipled, if we are taking the call seriously to disciple others, If we are participating in the Great Commission and partnering with God on mission, then we are going to be reaching the world, starting with the people that are around us, our world, the people who we have influence on, and we are helping them to see God's love. We are helping them to see what God wants to do in their lives, and and slowly, we are moving them a little bit closer to Jesus, and that's the goal, friends. let's just go ahead and define discipleship. That's what discipleship is. We're going to talk a lot about it. We might as well be clear on what the word is. Lots of people have different ideas, but at its simp- in its simplest form, discipleship is taking, every time a believer takes the hand of another person, believer or non, by the way, and helps them get a little bit closer to Jesus. That's what discipleship is. Discipleship happens when a parent takes time each evening to teach their child how to pray and talks to them about Jesus. That's discipleship. Discipleship happens when a Sunday school teacher prayerfully and carefully prepares a lesson every week and passionately presents biblical truth to children and helping them understand it. That's what discipleship is. And you know what? They're not here in here this morning. So I just want to take a moment and say thank you, Stu Leach and Larry Wonkel, who do this every single week, and who have been doing this every single week since your children were little, right? Do you have any idea how amazing that is? I was—I don't even want to spend a lot of time emphasizing this, but I'm just going to tell you that is crucial that there would be people as faithful as Stu Leach and Larry Wonkel that are willing to do this every single week. And I just have to tell you, we need more. We need more. They can't keep doing it forever. I'm pretty sure they've both been done several times. (laughs) And then along came me, and I was like, please don't quit. (laughs) My children need you. (laughs) And they faithfully show up even when Well, never mind. I usually get permission before I share stories about my child, and I haven't had the permission to share the one about today, so we won't share that. But even when things are, let's say, a little bit crazy, we need more of that. Would you pray with me? I'm spending too much time talking about this, but I just can't can't move past it just yet. Would you pray with me, church, that we would have more Stews and Larrys come forward, willing to invest in our kids? In our preteens, our teenagers, our young adults, God, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. And I know you guys in here, you do a lot. And you're tired. You do a lot for your church. But would you pray? Because the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few in children's and teens' ministry, and it is everywhere. But we need more stews and Larrys. All right, sorry, that, that was extra. I can't, we gotta just move on. Discipleship happens when, say, a college student invests in the life of a high school student and, and spends time with them one-on-one and modeling for them what prayer looks like, what, what a love for God's word looks like, what passionate worship looks like. That's discipleship. Discipleship happens when a committed Jesus follower builds an authentic relationship with a non-believer. We talked a lot about this last year, right? We should have a lot of non-believers in our life, people we have relationships with, people that we are praying for and praying with and sharing the things that we learn about Jesus with them in those natural and organic ways. That's discipleship. Discipleship can happen when, say, a family has lost someone, in a tragic accident. And as that family tries to move forward, they put together a grief group that gathers weekly to talk about what, what Christ filled healing looks like going forward and how we can get through this together and what God is doing even in the midst of tremendous loss. That's discipleship. Discipleship is when a person agrees to mentor a new or younger believer. And takes them through a basic Bible study and spends time with them to answer questions. That's discipleship. Discipleship happens when grandparents, and you know what, even if you're not a grandparent, you could be a grandparent figure to someone. To someone's kid, you can be a grandparent figure. For every grandparent or like want to be grandparent there is, there's a kid who doesn't have a grandparent. You can be that grandparent figure. Discipleship happens when grandparents or grandparent figures pray for and with their grandchildren and share stories of faith and model what it means to follow Jesus in every area of life. That's discipleship. Do you get it? You get it? This is what discipleship looks like. By the way, I have to go back to the children thing. For those of you who don't feel called to be Sunday school teachers or children's church workers... Can I just, I got to plug this in because it's so important and I can't overlook it. Can I just say that you're still needed in the lives of kids and teens, even if you don't feel called to teach them? Did you know that, that the Barna group, who does a lot of research in young, growing, thriving churches, they, they kind of put a little spin on that whole, like when you would take teens or kids on a trip and you had to have one adult for every five kids. You remember that rule? Lord, <laughs> that's still crazy. They've kind of flipped that on their head and they said, when we're talking about spiritual mentors and disciples for kids, you should have five people for every one kid that's praying for that kid, that's sending letters of encouragement to that kid, that's maybe taking that kid out to get some ice cream and to share about your walk with the Lord with that kid. That's still needed. Just... For whatever that's worth, we still need that just as much as we need teachers and so on and so forth. Okay. So the relationship between discipleship and mission, true discipleship always, always leads us into the world with Jesus on mission. And also true mission will always demand more discipleship in our lives, and in the local church. That was a lot to unpack, but you did it. I'm going to invite the praise team to come back up with me. That was a lot to unpack, so here's a free tip. If you need to go back and watch this again later or listen to the podcast later, maybe that'll be helpful, but we laid a lot of groundwork. And over the next seven weeks, we're going to unpack each of these seven markers of spiritual maturity and we're going to hopefully again identify if we see these in our lives. Uh, maybe, hopefully, we'll also notice some that we don't see in our lives. And these are things that we should incorporate into our lives. But first and foremost, before we move on, as you prepare to have a time of response where you respond to God and He responds to you, I want to ask you this morning how's your heart? How's your heart? Is there room for the Holy Spirit to move in your heart as you seek to grow and mature? Have you left room for him? Have you filled your heart up with with all these other things and and people and, and, and things that are not as important? How's your heart and is there room for the Holy Spirit? And if so, if you say yes, are the fruits evident in your life? Are you loving patient, generous, kind, forgiving, gracious, merciful. Secondly, I wanna ask you to to carefully identify, acknowledge, what do your discipleship relationships look like? Do they exist? Who's the person that's grabbing your hand and helping you along. You don't have to be a baby Christian for that, by the way. You don't have to be a new convert. There is someone in your midst who is older and wiser and more mature in their walk than you. So who's grabbing you by the hand and helping you along? And in the same way, who are you grabbing onto? Who are you helping along? Who are you actively discipling? If you can't think of anybody, if these do not exist currently in your life, it's time to find them. And that's okay if if it hasn't, there's grace, grace upon grace upon grace, but it's time to find them. Would you pray with me? God, as we now step into a time and space where we give you permission to move in our hearts, to guide us, to correct us, to steer us, and maybe even convict us, to encourage us, offer grace to us. Lord, as we step into this time, I just pray that you would speak to each person what it is they need to hear from you. The message has been given, but Lord, now it's time for you to take these words, these messy words, and I pray, God, that you would Ignite them with your Holy Spirit and speak to us the message that each of us needs this morning. God, I pray that as we embark on this journey of organic discipleship and and what this looks like and how to know if we are maturing, God, I pray that each person in our congregation that we would draw closer to you. God, may this be a year May 2022 be the year where we draw closer to you more than ever before. And God, may this be the year where we intentionally engage more organically in sharing truth, in sharing love, and in sharing the message of Jesus with the world around us. But God, we know that we have to make room for you first to guide us to ignite us, to equip us. Lord, we need you. Lord, I need you. God, would you just continue to speak to us and move in our midst this morning? In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
1: Please stand and sing the song with us. Lord, I come. I confess, bowing here, I find my rest, and without you, I fall apart, you're the one that guides my
0: Right? Do we acknowledge that together? We need him first and foremost. I'm excited about this journey. Are you? Are you excited about this journey? I think it's going to be good. It's going to be deep, but I think it's just what we need to get us started on this new year as we continue in the path following God's guidance for our lives and for this amazing community, BFCN. Amen? Amen. Be in prayer as we continue on in this series for for God to just move in new and powerful ways. Well, just a few quick announcements before we leave this morning. Um, This one's not on here, but just a reminder, pray for those that you don't see here this morning. Reach out to those who were gone and just check in on them. I know they'd love to hear from you. Um, And just continue to pray. we got a lot of people sick in our congregation. And thank you, Erin, for stepping in for Nikki. Nikki is sick this week, and so we're praying for her and for her household. Um, and and everyone else that's going through that. So just don't forget, that's important, and we need to mention that. Um, Also, mosaic baby bottles, you can find those out in the foyer. This is a time where we are going to collect the the spare change we might have, but you can put uh, bills and checks in there as well, but we're preparing and and helping out with the Mosaic um, Pregnancy Center, and that's our way of of helping and supporting them. So don't forget to pick up one of those. Um, Also, you've probably heard some mention of of the district the Illinois district team day um, they're having two different team days this year obviously for the northern part of the state but but we'll attend the one for the southern part of the state and that's going to be January 22nd and that's at Salem Church of the Nazarene and it's a Saturday so already I know it's like oh I'm busy I can't go but this is just for anyone there's more information in the foyer but anyone who's a leader in the church or maybe you're interested in a ministry in the church and this is where we're going to get some some coaching and some workshops from those who do these things really well, and they're going to kind of teach their skills and their ways to us who want to do better. Um, There's going to be a keynote speaker, and so it'll just be a day of of learning and equipping, and so if you're free, um, I'd love for you to be there. Let me know if you plan to come. It's a free event. There's no charge. They just would like to have an idea of how many people are going to be there so that they can prepare so if you would let me know by next Sunday if you'd like to attend, um, I'll make a note of that, okay? Men's breakfast is back uh, next Saturday, January 15th at 8 a.m. That's going to be in the fellowship hall here. And then lunch bunch is also resuming this month so far. We'll let you know if that changes as, as you know, things change um, with everything going on. But that's gonna the plan is to have that Wednesday, January 26th at noon at Bandana's Barbecue. All right, that's it for today. So I invite you to stand with me this morning. Brothers and sisters in Christ, may you go in his grace and in his peace. And may you make room in your heart for him. And may you seek to grow and mature as followers of Jesus. You are loved. You are dismissed. Have a great day.